Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. So great to see you guys this morning. And, you know, we are uh, a blessed people to be able to hear the word of God today. And I think sometimes maybe we just uh, we take the word of God for granted, the power that's in the word of God. We know in scripture that it teaches us that the word of God is where our faith grows. That if we want to go closer to God, we want to be bigger in the faith, we must be reading the word of God. It's through hearing the Word of God, reading the Word of God, that our faith grows. Amen? And so as we're here this morning, I don't want you to think about this just as church. I want you to think about this as, well, maybe last week you had a rough day. Maybe you said something you shouldn't have said. You did something that you shouldn't have done. And, and, and the reason that we do these things is because we lack faith in Christ. We forget who we are in Jesus do you realize as a believer in Jesus Christ today that you have the Holy Spirit residing within you? And that when the Holy Spirit resides within you, you are able to accomplish things that you never thought was possible. Amen. That you're able to overcome stuff that you never thought you could overcome. And so when we're here in church this morning, we're, we're in this building and we're, we're worshiping together. But when we're opening the Word of God, we understand that our faith is growing today. Our faith is becoming something that's uh, wasn't what it was when we came in here. And I believe the goal for all of us as we, as we come into the house of God today is, is, is to leave different than when we came in. That we're going to leave this place and we're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to go forth into the world and to make a positive difference. Not because we're good. Not because we're all powerful and we have all these talents and all this, which we may have talents. We may have good stuff about us, but the reason that we're able to go into the world is, is, and do great things is because of Jesus and what he did on the cross at Calvary. And so that's where we're at this morning is as we're coming into this house, I want us to understand that God wants to do some big stuff through us. That, that what he did last week, maybe it was some good stuff. Maybe some great things happened. We kicked off Awanas, and some of y'all had some, some awesome time with Awanas, and, and maybe some good things happened in your small groups. But the thing is, is that when it really comes down to it, is that as we are seeking Christ today, we want to be better next week than we were last week. We want to be pursuing God day in and day out with our lives. It's not something in which we just kind of say, well, I'm really comfortable being at this level with God. I'm really comfortable with being this person today. Now, we want to continue to grow in Christ. We want to continue to go forth and to do great things. And the soul in error, and we talked about the soul in error last week about making good decisions and bad decisions and, and, and how we need to do that. I want to continue with that thought. And in 1 Samuel 27, if you'll turn there with me. Uh, 1 Samuel 27, we continue with that same thought, and there's a, a few more points I wanted just to kind of uh, glean from this scripture this morning, because I believe that you and I have an awesome opportunity to change the world. You and I have this awesome opportunity to go forth into the world and, and to show people who Jesus is. 1 Samuel 27, starting there with verse 5, it says, Then David said to Achish, If I have found favor in your eyes... Let a place be given me in one of the country towns that I may dwell there. For why should your servant dwell in the royal city with you? So that day Achish gave him Ziklag, and therefore Ziklag has belonged to the kings of Judah to this day. And the number of days that David lived in the country of the Philistines was a year and four months. 
Now David and his sons went up, and I'm sorry, and his men went up and made raids against the uh, Gerashites and the Gersites and the Amalekites. For these were the inhabitants of the land from of old, as far as sure, to the land of Egypt. And David would strike the land and would leave neither man nor woman alive, but would take away the sheep, the oxen, the donkeys, the camels, and the garments, and come back up to Achish. And when Achish asked, where have you made a raid today? David would say, against the Negev of Judah, or against the Negev of the uh, Jeremalites, or against the Negev of the Kenites. And David would leave neither man nor woman alive to bring news to Gath, thinking, lest they should tell about us and say, so David has done. Such was his custom all the while he lived in the country of the Philistines. And Achish trusted, trusted David, thinking he has made himself an utter stench to his people Israel. Therefore, he shall always be my servant. Our Heavenly Fathers, we've read your word. And Lord, we understand this dangerous road that David is going down. And Lord, we are, we are in that same boat, that we could go down roads that we never intended. So Lord, help us to look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. May we be encouraged by your words today as we go forth from this place. Lord, we ask this in your most holy name. Amen. Amen. As you're looking here, guys, I, I, we, David's just continuing to go down a bad road. And last week we spoke about how David said in his heart. You guys remember that line? David said in his heart, he made a big decision for himself and for 600 people. And he made a decision based on what he felt was right. And guys, I want you to understand something. We are not not that good at making decisions on our own. We are not that able to, to go out here into the world and to change um, and to do the work of the gospel if we're just going to depend upon our own faith and who we are. We have to have God in the picture. And David, you know, he doesn't even go to the God of, of, of his fathers. In just a few short chapters before that, David is going out here and he's killing, killing giants, right? Um, he's going before the king and playing music and worship to God. He's, he's being an obedient son in the fields as a shepherd. And in just a few short chapters, he's turning to himself for his advice. You know, people say, trust your heart. Well, you just trust your heart, whatever feels right. That's, that's the worst advice you can be given. For someone to say, well, I don't know what to do here. Well, trust your heart. What is, what is your heart telling you? Because we know we all make bad decisions when we just trust our heart. Because our hearts are not perfect. I mean, are you really going to trust a, a mechanism of, of your, own your own device? Are, are you going to trust that mechanism that you could be driving down the road and not ever find the destination you're going to? Are you going to trust that same thinking mechanism that leads you to places like McDonald's to eat an unhealthy hamburger? You guys remember, we talked about this, right? Why do we trust ourselves? Why do you be trusting in God? And David was doing the same thing. It said he, he looked to his own heart. And so what does that do? Well, it causes the believer, it causes the person, when they start making bad decisions based on what they think is right, it causes kind of a chain reaction. Things start happening, but not in a good way. There in verse 5, we see where he seeks the approval of the king. Do you guys see that? He says, um, if I found favor in your eyes, he goes to the king and he says, if I found favor in your eyes. Is that the same David we read about a few chapters before? The, the David going before the king and saying, 
hey, I want to go kill this giant because he's talking bad about my God. Now you see a guy who's going before a pagan king and saying, if I found favor in your eyes, if I look a, a, a appropriate, if I, if I am someone who you look to, as someone you can trust, then that's where I want to find peace. Guys, catch this point here. And this is my first point I want to make this morning. Because I think that this is important. That when we begin to trust, and, and, and Jeff, you could turn to that first, first slide there. The soul in error. Okay, we're going to continue with that thought because I, I think it's just the best way to put it. That, that sometimes we make, we make bad decisions and we make errors. And the soul in error seeks the approval of men. If you want to know if you're going down a bad road or not, look around you and see where you get your happiness. If your happiness is in what people think of you, you're going down a bad road. Now understand, I want everybody to like me. Are you with me on that? Do you want people to like you? I don't think we like having enemies. I, I've met a few people in my time who, man, they thrived on drama and having enemies. They love to make enemies. I, I can remember back in, uh, in junior high, I had friends. They would walk in a classroom, and they're just like, what are you looking at, punk? You know, they thrived on that. They loved that, that whole thing. And, and I think maybe some people are like that, but for the most part, people like having friends, and people like being accepted, and maybe when even when people are, are being punks and they're trying to start fights with everybody, probably in their heart, they're really just wanting to be accepted. That's a natural human thing to be accepted. But as a Christian today, and everybody catch this, we do not only seek the approval of the people around us. We seek approval from God. Is what you're doing approved by God? Is what you're doing in your life approved by God? Our nation has went wrong, not because of Democrats and Republicans. It's went wrong because we seek the approval of other things. Churches go wrong, not because uh, this, that, or the other. It goes wrong because we start seeking the approval of people around us. There are a lot of churches in this world that just don't preach the truth. They want to seek the approval of people in their communities. And, and, and guys, I'm all for inviting everybody in and loving everybody. That's the call of the Christian, right? But the truth of the matter is, is that if we negate to tell the truth to people, that's not love. That's just seeking their approval. And David, here he is. He's going before this, this king of Gath, this king of the Philistines. And he's going to Achish and he's saying, if I have approval in your eyes, if you are living your life like David in this way, just seeking the approval of people around you, you better look around because you may be going down a bad road. You may be heading in a direction that you shouldn't go. You may be about to make decisions in your life that aren't the best decisions for your life. When you guys think about it, who do we serve? Who is it that we serve in this, in this life, hopefully? Hopefully we serve God, right? Is, let me ask a question. Is God alive? Is God, is God powerful? Is, is God all-knowing? See, all, when we ask these questions and we know them, I mean, if you've been in church any amount of time, no doubt you've went through some theology stuff and you've learned who God is, that he's, he's omnipresent and, and omniscient, he's all these things, right? He's omnipotent, he's all these things, but we forget who he is sometimes, church. Don't, don't think you're any different than anybody else. David forgot who God was just a couple chapters before. Who is this giant? Who is this guy that's come against me? Who, who is this guy that's coming against my nation? Who is this guy that's coming against my God? And now here he is. He's going up to some king that 
that ritualistically sacrifices children to an unknown, unreal God. And he's going to that guy and he's like, hey, am I in your favor? And if we are making decisions based on what makes people around us feel good, we're going down a bad road. Does everybody agree with that? If you don't, that's fine. But I'm just saying, by Scripture, when we're looking here, I want you guys to understand that we don't seek the approval of men. We seek the approval of God. That, and I, and I, I, I face this every week. Because sometimes I have to say stuff from the pulpit that people don't like. I've seen people come to church and, and I preach on, against a sin or preach against something like this and they didn't agree with it. It was several years ago, there was a, a person, I'll just say, that came to church, and, and I preached this really way out there teaching that the wages of sin is death, okay? You guys ever heard that sermon before? Way out there. I mean, just that, that theology that's not really proven, and we can, no, it's, it's, it's essential. The wages of sin is death, amen? I preached a, a sermon, it lasted a couple weeks. You guys were really tired by the end of it. But, you know, I preached this whole sermon about, about how the wages of sin is death. And this woman come up and she said, that's, that's, that's not what I wanted to hear today. She never came back either. And really, kind of at first, I'm like, really? But you see, when we're seeking the approval of men, <laughs> we may want to redefine what sin is, right? Honestly, as a pastor, it'd be really easy for me just to preach, oh, whatever sin you want to do, just do it, and God will forgive you later, and we'll just work it out later. That's a really easy sermon to preach, instead of saying, you know what, God's got a better plan for your life, and that sin that you're living in right now is not God's plan for your life. God, God wants to set you free. That sermon, a lot of times, is not as well accepted as, as a sermon that just says, oh, just keep doing what you're doing. You'll be all right. It's all about you anyways, right? That's, that's the world we live in. And David, he's seeking the approval of this king. He's seeking that approval. And if we are doing that, let me say it again. If you're seeking the approval of people around you, you're probably going to start making bad decisions. The second point I want to say is the soul in error seeks blessings from men. The soul in error seeks blessings from men. Last week I mentioned a song that I sang um, growing up called the Doxology. You guys know that song, right? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Right? That, that whole song. And when you read that song, I mean, theologically, it is so rich because all blessings, all good things come from God. But if you're seeking the approval of men, you're also going to start seeking blessings from them. The things God's blessing you with, all of a sudden, are, it's not going to be as important to you. When you're, when you're wanting the, the king of the Philistines to, ha to have his approval upon you, then all of a sudden, you're going to want the things that he has. But if you're seeking the approval of God, you're going to be wanting the blessings of God in your life. You're going to be wanting the things that God wants for you in your life. Again, prayer is not this, you know, where you have, like, God in a bottle, and, and it's like a genie-type situation where you tell him what you want. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is this right here, and everybody, church, hear this. Prayer is when you are aligning yourself with the will of God. You're aligning yourself with who God is. And you want your life to follow whatever way he has for you. Whatever his will is. And when you look at this, David is not doing that. He's looking for this, this opinion of the king to be positive in his light. Um, and then he's wanting the blessings of the king. And in that same verse 5, he says, hey, if you got like a small country town, <laughs> you guys can laugh at this. I think this is funny. Hey, king, if you like me, give me a small country town. 
Give me, give me something. Give me, give me this little town that I can, par- I can park all my people in. You know, we can pull our RVs up in there, and, and it's all going to be good. We're going to have a country music festival right there in this small country town in southern Judah. Right? You know, we're going to do this. If you're seeking the approval of people, then you're going to want what they want to. In the world today, what do you see? You see people who, you know, they, they want the bigger house, the bigger car. They want the, the bigger paycheck. Is that, is that right? That's, I mean, that's what, you, that's what you go for in this life. I mean, that's what the world teaches us. And not that it's wrong to have bigger house, bigger car. I'm not going to say bigger wife. That almost came out. <laughs> bigger husband, right? Bigger things in this life. Even though you may, you, that may be the, 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 the progression, what you hope for in this life. That's not what God wants you ultimately to seek in this life. He wants you to seek his will. He wants you to seek what's good and what's just and, and all the things that are wonderful in this life. David started seeking the opinion of a king, then all of a sudden he wanted a town just like the king had. He started seeking blessings from the king instead of blessings from God. And that's, that's a bad road, right? You guys see this road he's going down? It just, it's getting worse, and we're, in, we're still in verse 5. The next point I want to say is that the soul in error has a misconstrued concept of equality. And I thought this was, man, this is pretty relevant for today. Is there racism in our society? You see it? I'm not saying you're racist, but is there racism in the world today? Is there, is there a lack of equality among certain types of people in our world today? We look at some people as here, and some people as here, and some people as here. Guys, when you start seeking the approval of men, you start seeking their blessings, it's also going to make you kind of have this, this weird view of people. Where all of a sudden, some people are here, some people are here, some people are here, some people are the same as you. Guys, all people are the same. The Bible teaches us this about people, and everybody catch this. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everyone. A murderer, a pedophile, a drug dealer, a terrorist, a lawyer, right? Whatever. Across the board, everyone's the same. Just because you're a Christian, just because you're Southern Baptist doesn't make you better than everybody else. Just because you're the pastor at First Baptist Forum doesn't make you better than anyone else. We are all in need of a Savior, every person in this world. And David, all of a sudden, uh, he, he kind of starts seeing people on different levels. Well, you know, I'm this guy, and the king's up here. Everything is misconstrued. They're, they're in, that, in that verse 5. I mean, there's so many mistakes that happen here. Because he even looks at the king, and he says, Well, little old me don't need to live in your, in your palace. Just give me my own palace. Little old me doesn't need to be there with you. You don't need to be saying, well, that's, that's an Israelite. I mean, he starts seeing like, kind of like differences in people that really aren't there. Because honestly, did the king need God in his life? Yeah. Did David need God in his life? Yeah. Did David's men need God? Yes. Did the Philistines need God? Yes. I, I have no doubt that God would. There's a soldier boy over here. That, that is awesome. All of this stuff that's going on in our lives. I want you to think about it, guys. How do you view people? If you view people on different levels, well, these people here, they, they're sexually, they, they identify as this. Or these people live in Mexico. Or these people are, are 
are Methodists, or these people are, are non-denominational, or these people are Republicans, or these people are Democrats. You see what I'm saying? We get this, we start viewing people in that way, and, and that's not a healthy way to do ministry. These people are black, these are white, these are Indians, these are, these are people from Asia, whatever. Guys, I want you to understand, as a Christian, we just view people as people. And if you start seeking the approval of men, and seeking the blessings of men, your equality, all of a sudden, is going to start changing. Because here's how Jesus viewed people. Do you guys remember Jesus and what he did? Who did he come die for? I know, hey, we know that, right? I mean, that's, man, Jesus loved, he loves the little children, yeah. Everyone. Red or yellow, black or white. All are precious in his sight. When you think about who Jesus is, he loved everyone. And so our life should be constructed in like manner. That, that it's not about whether they're, they're addicted to something or, or they're terrible to their wife or they're terrible to their husband or they, they beat their kids. Guys, understand, I worked for DHS. I saw terrible people in the moment being terrible to their beautiful kids. I lived with that. They'd tell you, they'd tell you, you know, in our, our trainings and stuff, they'd say, yeah, you, you guys, you can't judge people. But it was really hard for Daniel not to judge people just going on my own power. It takes the work of God in your life to very, very much look at people as equals. And we all need Jesus. And David, he's already looking at people differently. Already, he's making these decisions that are bad. He's, he's seeking the approval of the wrong people. He's looking for the wrong types of blessings in this life. He's, he's, he's just, he's messed up. And then in verse 8, it's interesting. It says this, and it kind of, I'll just summarize it. This is the book of Daniel, okay? Daniel's version here. But it says that basically David goes out and he becomes a bandit. Do you guys remember what it, what it said? Who, who did he kill there? He killed men, right? Well, he's a soldier. Soldiers kill men. Who else did he kill? Women. Everybody. He would wipe out whole villages of people. Now, does that sound like someone who's seeking the will of God in their life? As, as Americans, we have went and wiped out people that had that such thing. Well, Daniel, David, David, David was a man after God's own heart. Yeah, but he was an error. He was not living the way that God intended for him to live. As much as we lift David up in, in, in Christianity, we think, man, David was awesome. He's a musician. They sung songs about him. He was, he was the most beloved king. He was a man after God's own heart. Man, you could also equate him to this as a Hitler. He's going around just killing people just because. Huh. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take your donkey, too. That's the David that we're reading about here. That is not the same guy that was a couple chapters ago. He started down a really, really, really bad road. Church, we've got to be careful about how we live our lives. Don't you agree? That the decisions we make right now are important. That the things we're doing right now are important. And David, he's looking at people as different types. That they're not all the same. That they are not all creations of a, a loving and living God. He's not looking at them in that way. And in that verse 8, we see that a soul in error will act accordingly. A soul in error will act accordingly. Someone who is not following God, guess how they're going to live their life? Not, not in a good way. They're going to start doing stuff they shouldn't do. Have you ever known anybody, maybe you went to church with them and everything's good and they're coming to Bible studies and 
you know, they're singing worship, and they're doing this. Maybe they were even a pastor. But then something happens, and now they're not doing good stuff anymore. Do you know anybody like that? I've known people like that. I've, I've been in church my whole life. And I've seen people, man, they come to church, and they're, they're fired up, and they're doing, they're doing good stuff. And then all of a sudden, they just fall off the map. You don't see them anymore. And then you hear about the things they're doing. I told you guys a couple weeks ago about a guy I did some ministry with did some uh, worship leading and stuff, youth camps and things like that. And now, you know, this guy, he's, he's been going out here and mistreating kids. How does that happen? How, do, how, does, how does a guy go from that to that, you know? Leading people into the very throne room of God boldly to worship him and then go from that to that. How does that happen? Well, guys, we're seeing it happen to David here, aren't we? And some of y'all may be saying, why are we talking about this for two weeks in a row? The reason we're talking about this is because what God needs from people in the church is that they're real. He needs you and I to be real in Him. Not none of this, well, I go to church. Who cares? Well, I go to church, I sit in a pew. Daniel, you saw me, you saw me this week. I'm glad I saw you this week. But are you doing anything for the kingdom of God? Are you living a life that is pleasing to God, or are you just living a life to please people? Are you seeking stuff that's not even God's blessing for you? Sometimes, man, we want stuff. That doesn't necessarily mean that's what God wants for us. I, I want this. Well, so, what does God want for you? Last week I said a very hard truth, and some people, they, they don't, nobody likes to hear it because I know we believe God's a God of healing. Amen? God can heal people. I have literally seen cancerous tumors disappear off a girl's throat. In like a matter of minutes. I've seen that. But you know what? I've seen saints of God who have died. I've seen people who weren't instantaneously healed right there. But you know what? Every person that hears the name of Jesus has the opportunity to be saved and have eternal life. That's, that's bigger. Amen. That's bigger because the truth of the matter is, amen. The truth of the matter is, is that we're all going to die. The Bible says that. For the wages of sin is what? You see, guys, when, when we really come down to it, if we get a misconstrued view of people and we start looking at some people as bigger than other people, and man, I want to follow this person and I want an approval of this person. Guys, I'm a preacher and, and I like people in my church to love me. I do. I seek people to like me. I, I, part, of, part of a job of a pastor, and I've done it long enough and I saw my dad do it, is man, you got to, there's conflicts or, you know, you try to smooth things over, right? But if I ever get to a point to where I just care what people really think of me, I'm missing my job here. Because believe it or not, there have been people come to this church and they just don't like Daniel and they don't come back. Now that's a silly reason not to come to church, I believe. Because this is not Daniel's church. Amen. I hear people say that. Well, down at Daniel's church, it's not my church. I preach here. I pastor here. I love Jesus here, right? It's not my church. It's, my name's not on the deed. Hey, guess what? I don't even have access to the money, you know? I love that. Because the thing is, is that God is calling us to love folks. And our approval from people around us, as much as we want people to like us, and guys, don't get me wrong, I think we should, we should work towards people liking us, right? We should have working relationships with people. I agree with that. But the truth of the matter is, is that sometimes people, and... They're not going to like you. And so we don't base our ministry on whether people like us or not. We, and this is the truth. Some of you, you life group people out there, 
Sometimes you're going to plan something and people won't show up. Are you going to keep showing up and doing the life group if people quit showing up? You know, I've, I've done ministry. I've done changes in ministry here, and it's kind of like, well, are people going to show up? Sometimes they don't. So do you keep doing it or do you not? You see where your love is? Where's your approval from? Are you, are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it for God? David, 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 man. He goes from a giant killer to, to being nothing in the sight of God. Literally living with the enemy. Literally doing what the enemy wants to do. What's interesting there is, is at the end in verse 12, the king looks about David and he says, Man, he is my servant. That's a, that's a bold statement to say. I, I, I read that. And I kind of I chewed on that for a few days when I was studying through this. But it says, Akish trusted David, thinking he has made himself an utter stench to his people. Therefore, he shall always be my servant. How did he get to that point? He went from being, God said, hey, you're going to be the king of Israel. to now he's the servant of his enemy. I studied this this passage of scripture my whole life and I never caught that till about a month and a half ago when I was reading through this I was like David went from being and honestly God had promised him to be the king of this nation Israel right and he goes from being that to being the servant of Akish the Philistine what a fall what a fall I, I mean I, I can think about in times of my life when I've seen like men of God and politicians and stuff, they fall, right? And everybody makes a big deal about it. I think it's funny because everybody's like, well, the, the churches are unsafe today because there's all these pedophiles in the church. No, the church, what happens? Because I work for DHS, and guys understand, there's a lot of pedophilia going on outside the church walls. The church just gets a limelight on the news. Politicians get a limelight on the news, right? It's everywhere. It's everywhere. But the thing is, is, as believers in Jesus Christ, we need to make sure we're making good decisions. We need to make sure that the only approval we're seeking in this world is Jesus. Is Jesus. This last point I wanted to make, it says, when we seek the approval of men, we become the servants of men. <laughs> Verse 12 there. When we seek the approval of people, that's, that's who we, we become their servants. Because you know what we're doing? We're just seeking their approval. And we do what they want us to do. Some of y'all that are about my age, like 25, right? So some of y'all about my age, do y'all remember a few years ago they had these things? Nikki, you're going to know this. I guarantee it, all right? Because Nick, Nikki was about 10 years younger than me, so, all right? Okay, there we go. Her, her and Joni were 10 years younger than me, all right? Laura, too. So y'all are all younger than, uh, than me. I was, okay. So you guys remember this style back in late 80s? I don't know, in Purim, it was probably late 90s, but anyways, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I live in Purim, I can say that. Do you guys remember a French roll? Does anybody remember that? Jamie remembers it. She's got her, she's still French roll, okay. Do you guys remember that, when you would roll your pants? Aaron used to roll his pants over his boots like this, I know, right? You would roll your pants like this. you guys remember that? The French roll. You know why people did that? Huh? We didn't have skinny jeans, we, we have skinny jeans right? <laughs> the reason people did that, I want you guys to catch this. 
reason they did that is because they wanted approval of people around them. Saved by the Bell said it was cool, right? Backstreet Boys were like, all right, you know, and they all did it, right? Then people quit wearing it, and they were like, bye, 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 okay? Everything changed. It always is different. We, we do crazy things for people's approval. We do. We, we do crazy things. I, 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 next Saturday, I'm preaching, uh, doing a ceremony, a wedding, right? And I had to go buy a suit, you know, because I want to impress people. Right? Why else do you buy a suit? I, what's wrong with this? I mean, I'm preaching God's word and, you know, a shirt, jeans, not French roll, but I'm here. We, wanna, we, want, we want to impress people. So I want to get a new suit, right? Because I want to I be presentable. I want to get the approval. I want people to say, man, Daniel, he's a true pastor. But what if I showed up in just shorts and flip-flops, you know? Which I've preached weddings in shorts and flip-flops, and it's great. Approval is a dangerous thing. What we seek in this world, it's, it's a dangerous thing if we're not seeking God. If we're not seeking who He is. In this passage, we see David, man. He, he is just, he's going down a bad road. He went from like being the, the incumbent king to now the servant of a guy that doesn't even love God. When we seek the approval of men, we become their servant. Everybody write this down. I'm not going to get to it today because it's, it's time to go. But Matthew chapter 6. Uh, in Matthew chapter 6, we read this account of Jesus speaking to his disciples and, and a group of people at large. In Matthew chapter 6, he, he talks about, you know, storing things up for the kingdom and not just looking to, to, to be rich or looking to uh, accumulate things in this world. No doubt most of us could go and open our closets at home and there's a bunch of stuff in there, right? We have, we have tons of stuff. I have tools that I use once and then they just sit there for years, you know. I, I have things like that in my life. I, I have an abundance and that's good, but, but that's not the goal of a Christian is to, to get a lot of abundance in their life. Our goal is to seek the approval of God. And Jesus talks about here that, you know, don't store up things that, that rust is going to destroy, that moths are going to eat. He says, don't do that. Then he ends that whole thing, this whole montage of just beautiful language in which Jesus is telling people what to do and what not to do. And at the end of it, he says this. He says that, that you, you have to choose who you're going to serve. You can't serve two things. David reached a point in his life, and when you really break this down, does he serve God or does he serve himself? Now, Jesus talks about serving man or serving God and serving what? Loose translation is money. Right? Man, man, money. When you read that, that in, in Scripture where it says that, what it's really saying when, he, when Jesus says, um, you, you can either serve God or serve money. He's not, money's a good thing, right? We go and eat lunch on money. We, we buy gas with money. I mean, money can be a good thing. We, we pay light bills with money. Money's a good thing. But really what, when, when you look at the, the key, the kind of the root here, why Jesus would say you either serve God or you serve money, money is also this picture of what? Of greed, of self-indulgence. David was getting into it. He was serving money. He wanted his own little small country town where he could have shindigs, you know, and he didn't have to bother the king. Instead of trusting God who wanted to give him a whole nation, 
And that through him, the light of the world would come, right? That through David's lineage, that, that Jesus would come into the world. God had a better plan. And David, he's a, oh, these pagan kings, I was reading this week, where, where, where they would sacrifice children, you know, and, and as terrible as abortion is in this world today, they would literally, check this out, I don't want to gross you out, but they, they had this large metal statue that they would heat up, and they would stick the children on there and cook them alive, okay? Let me, let me I'm just going to give you a picture, I don't want to gross you out too much, but this is the type of people that David's dealing with. They sacrifice children. They don't just cut their throat and done with it. I mean, they, they torture children to the point that they die. Does that bother you? Because it should, because, you know, here's the thing. We find ourselves a lot of times, we're trying to get the approval of people who are not in God's will. And that's vile in God's sight, too. Just like that picture of, of child sacrifices is gross to us. In the sight of God, seeking anything that's not his will is, is vile to him. It's vile. And David was siding with these people. He's like, man, I, I just want to be like them. I want to have my own town. I mean, at least they're not seeking to kill me. And all the while in the background, the kishers are saying, that dude's my servant. I own him. I own him. When you're reading through this, it says it lasted like a year and four months. Is all that this whole fiasco lasts. <laughs> That's about typical, right? Some of you are like, man, I had, you know, I had a marriage that lasted a year and four months. I had a, a, a girlfriend-boyfriend relationship that lasted a year and four months. It all just fell apart at some point, right? David, it didn't last. But you know, when he finally gets right with God, there was a dynasty that lasts forever through Jesus Christ. There's a dynasty that lasts forever. And I just, it, this is a call to, to be real in Jesus, isn't it? This is a call to seek his approval in, in life. Jesus said you can't serve both. You can't be a greedy Christian. We've got to serve God with our whole hearts. Would you bow with me? Lord God, I just I love you for your words. Your, your scriptures, God, they, they change us. They, they rearrange what's wrong in our lives. And God, I thank you that we have this account. I hate it for David. Lord, but I thank you for being a redemptive God. David sought the approval of the wrong folks. He didn't seek your approval. He, he sought the blessings of the world and, and not the blessings of God. He, he started looking at people as, as different based on, on, on who they are, what, what village they live in, if they're a king or not. He started looking at people differently. And God, he started acting accordingly to that heart. Father, would you refurbish us today? Help us to seek you and you alone in our lives so that we can act accordingly to someone who's seeking the will of God in their life. Lord, help us to be your servants and not the servants of the world. What a good and gracious God you are. Thank you for allowing us to hear these words today. God, I know you're going to change lives and you're going to use us. And this is in your name. Amen.